0: I think I'm comfortable enough saying that what we're doing here is a is a go for sure. And and I guess we yep. could just say that we've kind of partnered up with a charity called the Canadian Center for Men and Families in regards to our book and we are going to be donating whatever we make off cautionary tales from now until Father's Day when we're looking at doing a joint kind of charity event with them. So, I suppose you don't have the internet hand, handy, hey Tim?
1: Maybe, maybe I do. What do you want me to look at?
0: I just want to pull up their group page here and just see their their about stuff. So
1: I printed off their about stuff. I could even read it.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Well, let's have it. You want to? You want to hear it? Yeah. What is the Canadian Centre for Men and Families all about? Okay. So CCMF Alberta is
1: a place where men are treated with compassion and without prejudice or shaming. Our people meet men where they're at. So they feel heard validated and can have conversations that matter to them. We encourage men's agency and offer them tools, which will, with which to build better relationships, better lives and better futures. CCMF Alberta clients are men who are struggling due to intimate relationship breakdown and turmoil. So they do focus quite a bit on relationships. Yeah. But they I think they handle all men's issues, such as addiction, to a degree, or they can point you in the right direction.
0: They do. On their website, they list conflict resolution, communication skills, educational resources, workplace issues, family law, all kinds of stuff in relation to men. So we thought that they were a good charity to partner up with in regards to the subject matter of Cautionary Tales, which is men's stories, a lot of men's stories in there and things that working men can relate to, feel comfortable with and get a laugh from. So that being said, we're looking forward to getting some work done with them, but they're going to be getting everything we make off the book profit-wise from now until Father's Day. Is that correct, Tim?
1: Yeah, that's right. Of course, printing costs. We're going to we're going to take those out.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll I'm recover to
1: donate lots of work here and maybe a little bit of money but but uh yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot of work, a little money, <laughs> and uh, minus printing costs.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you- Yeah, because depending on how many books we sell, that could get pretty expensive.
0: Oh, yeah. So,
1: if you know men, if you know any
0: men, which I'm sure you do, you know they need help. Quite a bit. Quite a bit of them do. And so I was at a signing on the weekend, and I was able to talk to some people who bought our book, and a lot of them had a lot to say about men's mental health, and many of them were ladies, actually. This was something that was very important to them. Uh, One person in particular had a real good conversation with me, particularly about military men and how they don't seek help until things are too late. And by that time Mm that they realize that they've had a problem, they've been divorced, have gotten into addiction issues, and are in danger of losing their job. And that happens in the public sector too. I've seen it happen with uh, other people that I've known or worked with. And, uh, and and it is kind of consistent across the board that that's kind of what happens. And I think the biggest thing is with these folks that I talk to and specifically with the CCMF is just kind of reducing that stigma around all that stuff so that men feel more comfortable in discussing their issues before they start to affect them and everyone else around them as, as issues tend to do. So it was an interesting... Signing for sure. I haven't, I've have
1: taught everyone I've talked to has been really open about the idea. There goes a the diesel truck that uh, they like the idea that there is an agency to help men, but they had no idea that it was there. Yeah. Uh, it's... Like in general, nobody thinks, hey, I have this problem and there's somewhere I could go to get help. Men don't think that. So if we shove it in their faces enough times, maybe they'll remember when they need it. That's right. So awareness, awareness, I think is, is the biggest thing that we can, sure. They need, they need help with their funding, but awareness is more, they need awareness more than anything.
0: That's right. That's how I feel. So, and we're helping to do that as much as we can. So
1: yeah, there's been a
0: couple times in my life where I could use them,
1: but of course I don't think they existed. And also I didn't know both. So
0: that's, that's, that's what I said too. I've, everyone goes through stuff and I've been through stuff. And now I think, you know, to be in perfect honesty, I think I come from, uh, and and maybe you've got a little bit of this too, but that generational thing where you got to just suck stuff up all the time and bury it down. And uh, sometimes I guess that's a good thing, but not always. And when things get really bad or things get really tough, maybe that's not such a good thing to do. And That's something that I've always done and it's probably not been the best thing ever. And I really could have used something like this. I didn't know they existed when, when I went through some stuff. So looking back on it now with the keen eye and intellect of the silver fox that I'm becoming in these later years of my life, I think that maybe (laughs) I might, I might be more, more comfortable with reaching out to something like this if ever I needed to again. And, and I certainly would direct other people of all walks of life and all ages towards something like this, ever I saw the opportunity. So yeah, it's, it's something that I never really thought that uh, it, I don't know. I just, you, you don't really feel like there's help out there for you and, and you don't know where to look. So that's the, the hard part, I think.
1: Well, that's a deep subject.
0: It is a deep subject, man.
1: And I don't think unless you're just one of those bottom feeder fish that should just suck everything up.
0: No, you know, it's, it's good to kind of get, Your stuff out there and and figure out what the path through things is and there's all sorts of people out there who are interested in helping if you look if you know where to look
1: well i think law enforcement uh, personnel must also be in that category with the military and speaking of law enforcement that leads right into our main topic a man who desperately needs mental help
0: (laughs) tim you're not talking about the batman are you yes i am talking about the batman All right. Well, the Batman is another person who's chosen to take their own path. The Batman did not go out and find, what would you call it, a reasonable opportunity to seek help. He sought another avenue, and that is one that's entertaining to all of us for 80 years going on now. 80 years? Something like that. I think it has to be close to 80 years. 1930. It's not looking nearly gray enough. 1939? I'm bad at math, Tim.
1: 1939 till now? That's uh, 83
0: years. Oh, yeah. Batman is our favorite octogenarian. (laughs) So what would you say on the in the now I've had this conversation when you're a comic book nerd, Tim, and I don't know how much of a comic book nerd you might have been when you were younger. But
1: I was a, a lover of comic books
0: and and batman in particular?
1: Not really batman. Batman didn't do it for me. He was normal. Oh. <laughs> Too human and a little angry. Well, Spider-Man at least at least he had jokes on his side, right?
0: <laughs> he did. Yeah, he does usually. Batman in regards to Batman, what I'm thinking of here is that we've had several different variations of Batman and some have been Fun, easygoing, lighthearted, and other ones have been, you know, the dark, brooding kind of mentally roughed house guy. I guess you'd say, or I don't know how you'd say that, but you know, a person who's going through some serious stuff. So overarching, and we've always had. I, I, I think it's safe to say that we've always had. We've always grown up with Batman. Batman's been in my life since you know before I can remember. I remember first watching the Adam West stuff. that was on TV. That was the Batman that we had up until 1989. He's always been around, but only, I guess, really only in the getting into the history of Batman in the mid 80s, 70s, somewhere in there in the comic books, he stopped being that crazy 1950s poppy, colorful kind of thing and started to become more about the psychology behind him. Comic book nerds love to talk about the psychology of Batman and in recent years they've even kind of talked about the psychology of what he's actually doing and how you present his bad guys in contrast to him I guess would because they're kind of the same thing right they're both they're all breaking the law batman is too the bad guys are doing pretty heinous stuff and Batman's trying to stop them from doing heinous stuff, but all of their purposes for doing it are from the point of view, kind of, you could say, of someone who is going through some mental issues.
1: Yeah, especially in the life you can really see with Batman and the mental issues. But not in every one of the movies. For instance, if, you, if, you're, if you're whimsical enough to put nipples on your Batsuit, you're just not down that same dark path maybe.
0: No. <laughs> So what would you say? We're not, we're not clinicians by any stretch of the imagination, but would you say Batman is a, is a healthy guy?
1: No, he's definitely toxic. He has toxic masculinity.
0: <laughs> That's a big buzzword right to, now. He
1: likes to slap first and ask questions later.
0: Oh, geez. <laughs> well, I know who to cast for the next Batman when they reboot it in five more years yeah will smith that's (laughs) yeah well Well, that being said we've just mentioned that we've had like a lifetime of batman you and i we've never been without some sort of batman media in our lives so growing up for me i watched the adam west stuff quite a bit did you watch that show when you were a kid
1: no we didn't actually we didn't never got that batman i saw him in comic books and that was pretty much it
0: oh really i think
1: the first time i saw him in any sort of uh, show, it was already long, long since been a rerun. And I only saw a couple episodes and well, those I ones, I, I really enjoyed the old bam, pow, but when I saw it, it was also in black and white. The first time I saw it was uh-huh. black and white TV. So, you know, many shows appear entirely different in gray and gray and gray and gray. And gray. So. I don't know. I didn't get the whimsicalness of it, I guess, the same way, right?
0: Yeah. The 1989 Michael Keaton Batman. Were you a, were you a big fan? Yeah, I liked that one, for sure. Uh, that That's
1: the one with Jack Nicholson as the Joker, correct? Correct. Yeah, that so, one was pretty good. It was a product of its
0: time, of course. It was, yeah. That one is the one I kind of have the, I think, the fondest memories of. I was about 11 years old, I think, when that came out and I remember the summer that it came out. I, I don't really remember what month but I was dying to see this movie. Just dying. And it took me, I think I might have saw it at the end of the summer which was like a lifetime for an 11 year old kid who just wanted to see Batman and everywhere you went there was Batman stuff. I was I was on kind of when that movie came out, I was on a really groovy trip somewhere, which I should have been enjoying a lot more than I did. But everything was Batman on the trip. I had a Batman movie magazine, I had a Batman shirt, there was Batman everywhere. And I just, it's all I could think about. It's all I could think about. And I was just doing this really cool thing at the time. So finally, when I got home, I was able to see the movie and it exceeded my expectations. I loved it for years. I enjoyed the sequel to it. I don't know if I care so much for, well, I do have very fond memories of Batman Forever also, not so much Batman and Robin. They were all kind of fun in their own right. And the thing about the 1989 Batman was that was kind of my gateway into really getting into comic books, specifically the more, I'm going to say adult oriented comic books, and everyone's going to think this guy reads porno comics, but the ones that are written more for an adult audience than for kids, which is what the everyone thought comic books were. So you're not referring to Chester the Molester? No, none of that stuff. That's all. (laughs) No, I don't. Or or the, what is it? The Harvey Crumb and all that stuff. No, no, I'm not talking about that. Or any of that crazy, the crazy European stuff that you read in heavy metal. (laughs) Not that I read heavy metal, but uh, I do. It's a great magazine. No, it it got me into reading Frank Miller comics. His take on Batman, you still see threads of it in every single Batman movie that's come out since 1989. They made mention of things in that movie that kind of carry through into Mm -hmm. the the latest movie. The Suicide Squad had little parts of that, which he kind of stole from another comic book, but it was in there and it was kind of all tied in together in this kind of cool little world. And things of it keep popping up, the armored Batman suit, the tank-like Batmobile, the military kind Mm -hmm. of style stuff that he's got going on. One of the things that I think has kind of played out his big beef with Superman That was the big Batman thing for me. And of course, the the Batman and Robin movie came along with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And just what I thought happened was they just wiped the landscape clean. They they scorched the (laughs) earth. And there was never going to be another Batman movie as long as I lived. I was convinced after they made that thing. Now, color me surprised when 2005 came along and they got a new Batman. And I was not excited for this. And I, dra- I drag myself to the theater, and I watch this movie, and hot damn, if it wasn't amazing, Batman Begins. Did you like it? Yeah,
1: that one wasn't bad. It doesn't really... You know, I enjoyed it, but I don't have, like... It doesn't have a lot of emotional take on it for me now, if you know what I mean. Yeah. That that set of them doesn't doesn't really stick. I remember the plot, and it was okay, but it's definitely not... I felt like the the most recent Batman had more emotional impact than that
0: one did. Well, we are going to get into that in a bit. I'm a big, big Christopher Nolan Batman fan and just recently saw The Last of the Three again in the theater on a rerun at an IMAX theater in Saskatchewan. so mm-hmm. Or somewhere. And it was marvelous. It, it's not... I don't know. I really like that movie. I really like all three when you put them together. I think they made a nice, really tight kind of story and they touched on a few high element themes. I guess you could say where, where they elevated the character into something really, I think, kind of mythic and cool. And I enjoyed those movies a lot. I have a, a great appreciation for them. Uh, I liked the way that they portrayed most of the characters and then we got to the new one, the Batman Tim. So you and I have both seen this movie now, and there's a lot of buzz about it. Before we get into that, what are before the before the Batman, what are some of your favorite parts of the of the movies or the comic books or anything that you want to get out in the open?
1: Well, I enjoyed out of all of the Batman gear, of course, the Justice League movie has the best Batman gear. Some of the other I don't I don't like some of the uh I know, for instance, the bike with the huge fat tires. I don't remember which one that's in now.
0: The Dark Knight. But
1: you look at that, and you and you look at that, and you think no traction. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just skidding all over the place, flopping around like a like a big floppy old balloon noodle. I don't think it would work. Like it, it, some, I like plausible deniability, and that bike doesn't give me any. So gear wise. I like things to be slightly more realistic rather than just just some ridiculous transformer kind of machine. If you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. The, you know, they built that bike for real though. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm sure they did, but I, I think it had amazing
1: tires on it. It's yeah, Well, you know, you're know.
0: driving around in Chicago or wherever they, they film that show. And you know, you got nice clean streets with racing tires on there. You probably have pretty good grip. Until you started to, uh, I, I think it was really hard to drive. I watched a documentary on it. Oh, yeah. And you you couldn't, it didn't turn like a normal motorbike. So you kind of had to like lean into stuff and like twist your body around in order to get it to do things. And it was a little bit dangerous. Would it be
1: agile, like superhumanly agile?
0: No. No. <laughs> you could go in a straight line like a <laughs> bastard, though. Yeah. Uh, we That's glossed I mean. over... So- My favorite Batman, which was Ben Affleck, too. I just, uh, you mentioned him, that he had the coolest stuff in the Justice League movie.
1: Yeah. And he did a good job of the Batman, in my opinion. I did. He was gruff, no nonsense, right? And not twisted, per se, but not healthy. Still not mentally healthy, but
0: yeah. Now, when he gets introduced into the story in Batman v Superman, he's kind of a prick. And, and of course, like all hung up on his parents still, because they show all that when the story starts. So you get that whole aspect of things. But I think by the time the next movie rolls around and he realizes what an asshole he's been, you mm-hmm. kind of get a really cool version of Batman, not in the theatrical version. We are strictly talking about the Zack Snyder Justice League here. That's a caveat I am right, gonna have to yeah. put out. We're not talking oh, about yeah. the bullshit that came out in the theater. We're talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, yeah, I don't know. Is there any worst Batman moments, Tim, for you? What were they? I hate to bring, keep bringing up the nipples, but. <laughs>
1: that, OK, and the other one is, are we going to be a Can I say spoilers at this point?
0: Uh, we'll, well, we'll hold off on spo- if it's for the Batman. Wait on that. OK. Yeah. One we'll of wait, the worst we're...
1: moments in a Batman movie, in my opinion, yes, is a spoiler for sure.
0: It's in the new one. Yes. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Okay, well, we're gonna to have to.
1: It's probably not something that bothered anybody
0: else but me, but that's the way life goes. Oh, I, I guarantee it bothered someone <laughs> else. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I've I've kind of covered that. My favorite, my favorite Batman so far has been Ben Affleck. I just like yeah, he looks the most like the comic book Batman that. Oh. we years. forgot one. Who do we forget? One of my favorite
1: Batman is Bat Dad.
0: Bat Dad. Yeah,
1: you know the YouTube phenomenon, Bat-Dad? No. no. You must have seen him. I don't think so. He wears a Batman mask, and uh, he tells his kids what to do, and they ignore him quite often.
0: Oh, I've, I've skipped this.
1: You must have, you must have seen Bat-Dad at least once. He's been on all kinds of vines. You got to check out Bat-Dad.
0: I might. I might do it. I did like there's a YouTube channel called the Super Cafe where Batman was a a featured character and him and Superman would always sit down and talk about the superhero movies they watched in a cafe over a cup of coffee. And then it would always end with Batman talking about how awesome he was. I'm Batman. It was great. You should just quickly search up best of Bat Dad. Oh, I might. I might. I might include a Bat Dad clip on the show after I check it out. Another Batman that never gets mentioned is the Batman from the cartoons. I don't know if you watched in the 90s, there was those, well, for for several years, he was a character in a whole series of cartoons that went Batman, and then there was a Superman cartoon, and then there was a whole bunch of Justice League cartoons that were incredible. Just incredible. Unfortunately, I didn't have access to those. Oh, geez. The only uh,
1: cartoon superhero thing I ever saw was the X-Men.
0: Oh, if you like that, you'll love this. Spider-Man. Yeah, those are cut from the same cloth. They do a great job with the story. And if you ever wanted to see a, I guess it could be like a what could have been, and it was almost a blueprint for what Marvel did with the whole Marvel cinematic universe. It was all kind of laid out on that cartoon for the Justice League years before they even thought of any of this stuff. And Batman features heavily in that. And of course, it's voiced by the fantastic Kevin Conroy. Mark Hamill is the Joker. Great cartoon if you ever want a good take on Batman.
1: That Mark Hamill gets around. He was also in The Flash, the TV show. Yeah, yeah. He was the
0: Riddler, I believe, wasn't he? I think it was the Riddler. Uh, he, the Trickster. The Trickster. Trickster. Yeah. And yeah, he voices a whole bunch of guys. He does a lot of voiceover work on a whole lot of cartoons these days. Uh, the Joker's one that he's most well known for, for that. He did the Joker <laughs> on, I don't know, how many Batman cartoons and movies. A lot of people consider him to be their favorite Joker of all time. Sometimes you get into the Heath Ledger thing and some people get into the Jack Nicholson one, but the most adamant Joker stands are the dudes who are like Mark Hamill is it. That's it. That's all game over. And he is pretty good. But we can jump into it, man. The Batman. So what do you think? Where does it rank for you on your, on your Batman movies?
1: You know, I liked it, but it, it went too far. I feel like if we would have stopped at about 80% of the movie, it would mm-hmm. have been amazing. And then they just blew right past the stop point. And that made the movie, it did two things. It made the movie so long that and my wife were like, why are we still here? Can I leave now? And it also ruined the story at the same time, I, I felt. Or yeah. it cheapened it. It cheapened the story. It didn't ruin it, per se. But it did, inter- it did throw in, well, I won't even say it yet, My least favorite part of that movie happened near the end.
0: Oh, yeah. So So if you were to rank this on out of all the Batman movies that you've seen, where would you put it?
1: Probably number four.
0: What would be number one for you?
1: Number one would be the 1987.
0: The Michael Keaton Batman.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure. Probably, you know, Batman and Robin would only, wouldn't be the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it had something to it, you know? It wouldn't be like ranking high, but it wouldn't be at the bottom. What about you?
0: I don't know. I, I'd put it somewhere down. Let me see. What would I say? I would say my favorite is Zack Snyder's Justice League. I consider that a Batman movie. Mm-hmm. And then I'd say Batman Begins the Dark Knight 1989 Batman the Christopher Nolan Batman and then I put this one right below that so I'm going to say what is that sixth I think it's the sixth best Batman movie they've made Mm. I uh, but it's not the worst either to you. No, I just, my initial take on it when I walked out of the movie theater was kind of the same as you. I think there was a natural point that we'll talk about. If they would have stopped the movie right there, it would have, I would have walked out of the movie with a blown mind, but they kept going and then they deflated my blown mind a little bit. And they watered it down. They did water it down. No pun intended. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pun intended. (laughs) They watered it down, Robin. That's kind of what kept it and there's a couple there's a couple because I'm getting older and they they've clearly made this for someone who's younger than me it's not the idea that I have in my head of Batman and I didn't really like or appreciate the I guess more or less the portrayal of Bruce Wayne was weird to me I didn't I didn't really the get it
1: emo Bruce Wayne
0: yeah the emo Bruce Wayne I think it was like a they went with a very Kurt Cobainy kind of theme for this on on purpose and I think it it worked for the tone of the movie that they were doing, but I don't know if it's my favorite portrayal of him. I think it was too close to the character of Batman that he was portraying. I don't know if they're going to do, uh, maybe they have plans or they're, they're very smart, the people who made this movie. It was a really good movie. I'm going to, I got to say that. I got to put that out there. I thought it was a good movie and I liked it, but I have a feeling that my initial like for it might not hold up as well in a second viewing, which I'm going to do. 100% I'm going to watch this movie again. But it, it, yeah, the more I think about it, the more things kind of just don't jive with me. But there is a lot of good in this movie.
1: I think one of my favorite stars of this movie was the car. Like, I enjoyed that whole chase scene with, the, with that version of the Batmobile.
0: That was a bangin' Batmobile. That thing was sick. And, I loved it. And it was lower tech. It was not as
1: ridiculously Transformer-ish.
0: No, it we did a job
1: you know like every movie goes oh yeah well my batmobile is bigger than yours and faster oh yeah well mine's (laughs) got spider legs oh yeah well mine can shoot nerf missiles like everyone has to be more and more and more and this one kind of went dialed that back to something potentially even maybe real
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, which i I really enjoyed i i I really like that too and they had a great chase sequence with it colin farrell is the penguin what'd you think
1: Well, he's no Danny DeVito, but he did a really good job.
0: What do you think about putting a a fella like Colin Farrell in that amount of makeup to play that guy? Was it worth it?
1: Yeah, I think it was. I mean, I'm sure that blew their budget,
0: but (laughs) their makeup (laughs) budget. (laughs) Dude, they had so much money for this movie. It was insane. Yeah, I I liked him too. I thought it was kind of cool to see him do something that's, I, I wouldn't really associate him with that sort of thing at all, ever. In any sort of the roles that I've seen him in, I always liked that actor. Like Colin Farrell is a great actor; he's understated and he usually shows up in more art housey kind of things these days. But I kind of like that he did this big budget thing under 800 pounds of makeup. He could have very easily mm-hmm. been Batman. Yeah, I, I could have seen him playing that role, but he he took a, a something else that was kind of different. Catwoman, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. I thought she was fantastic too. Yeah, she did a good cat moment. Probably my favorite depiction of that character that I've ever seen. Okay. We've talked about this before with superhero shows. And I'm gonna I'm gonna call out a couple ones here. Daredevil and the Punisher. So we talked about these shows and how they kind of just blue ball you when you you know, you get to the part where they're supposed to have a superhero costume on and they just don't give you the thing that you've seen. Like they don't mm-hmm. The thing that I like about the Marvel movies is when they throw a character on the screen, it looks like that character that you read in the comic books. You know, the Hulk is a giant nine foot green, huge dude. Thor looks like Thor. Iron Man looks like Iron Man. And you could go on and on and on and on. Some of the villains, maybe not so much, but all the heroes, definitely, for sure. So in this movie, we have kind of like a strange version of Catwoman where they can't give her the... They have to give her some jackass bella clava mask thing that looked like shit i thought Mm -hmm. but the rest of everything was amazing the batman suit was kind of like a proto batman suit but you know it was still batman it was still cool and it still looked kind of like the comic books or whatever but hers i thought oh man you couldn't have given her the like the the proper mask or the goggles or something like that that she's got in the comic books now and to me that was just kind of a minor gripe The, the goggles would have been nice for sure yeah, like something just to hide her eyes and and keep her keep her face. I put out some ears her. on her. Yeah, well, they she had kind of <laughs> she had like the mask that she was wearing had these little cat ears, and I don't know why it would have those. Like you know, you just call her Catwoman for God's sakes and make her Catwoman. That's what we all know she is. Like we're there's a guy walking around with bad ears on and a cape. <laughs> Jesus, we could believe the other thing too. You know, I, I I don't get it. I don't know why they keep doing this. But they do. Maybe in the next movie she'll have a really a rad outfit or whatever. But you know, half a star off because you're making your people not look like they look in the comic books. I get that a director too kind of wants to put his own spin on things. And the Batman that we saw in in Justice League looked a lot like he does in the comic books. The gray suit, the black cowl, you know, the everything, the gloves and all that jazz. He looked the most like any of the comic book Batman specifically from. the the recent years but that was a that was kind of a contentious issue with me and it was something I noticed when they first brought out the trailers for it and I was like "Eh." okay so the tone of the movie are you familiar with the work of uh, David Fincher Tim the movie seven a little bit yeah
1: you know I don't know if I ever actually saw the movie seven no it was one of those things where everybody else went to see it without me so then afterwards I did the old sour grapes thing like oh yeah, well, I didn't want to watch that movie anyways. So then I never got around to it.
0: There's a, uh, well, we could spoil Seven because it's over 20 some years oh, yeah. old, but you're missing out if you've never the basic seen it. Pl-
1: I know the basic plot and I've seen some photos,
0: uh, uh, scenes of it, that's it. This movie reminded me most of, I guess, uh, the tone of it reminded me of the movie Seven, that dreary, kind of drizzly, rainy, kind of dark city, kind of everyone's corrupt spooky kind of thing it reminded me a lot of that funny story there's a great video i saw on the internet somewhere where there's this guy and he hates kevin spacey movies he he just hates kevin spacey this was before it was fashionable to hate kevin spacey for reasons right for which of course it is now fashionable for sure well yeah because he's a dirtbag <laughs> or pretty much <laughs> or right so like, tell us. there's yeah yeah kevin spacey bad right so, anyway, this guy just absolutely hates Kevin Spacey movie movies. And in the movie seven, Kevin Spacey, his name doesn't show up in the opening credits. He's not in the movie until the last 20 minutes. And when so fine, they're sitting there and they're videotaping this guy, and he's watching this movie and he's right into it. He's right into this movie. It's a good movie. And then all of a sudden, fucking Kevin Spacey shows up and he just loses his shit. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Kevin Spacey does not show up in this movie. Full, full stop. No Kevin Spacey in the Batman. So, but a character does show up, Tim, and we're going to talk about that. I guess we're going to hit the spoilers. Hit the spoiler button right now. And if I had a working soundboard, I'd make a cool noise, but I can't figure out how to do it. You might have to throw it in later. Yeah, I'll see what Maybe I can we do. We should
1: invest in some real podcasting equipment, I guess, eh?
0: I've, I've looked at it. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> and I have room on my desk to put it now. So anyway, we're gonna hit the spoiler button right now. If you haven't seen the Batman and uh, you don't want to hear us talk about all the stuff from the end of the movie, pause button. Come back later. Do something. Mm-hmm. Go see the Batman and then come back. Unpause, and we're gonna be right back where we started. So you want to take it away? The end of the movie. There's something you didn't like.
1: Well. Okay, so maybe most people don't know where Gotham City might be. And yes, it is located near a coast. And yes, maybe, maybe over time, the ocean has risen a little. However, a seawall that I don't, I don't know. I'm not aware of any other movies where at any moment, Gotham City could just be plunged into the ocean, basically. And I'm not aware of any real world cities down there that are quite that bad where you could just blow up like several points and flood the entire city instantaneously and kill almost everybody.
0: Well, there is New Orleans.
1: Yeah, there is New Orleans, but you couldn't just set seven bombs off and boom, New Orleans gone. uh, You know what I mean? Like it's not that far under the ocean as apparently Gotham City is now. (laughs) It was never mentioned in the comics that there were sea walls and you could basically if they had put glass seawalls in, you could watch the aquarium. Like, it just seemed, you know, cheap. Just like a a cheap plot point to me. Like, oh yeah, but Gotham City is also like 10 feet underneath the ocean edge at all times. I was highly annoyed by that. By the revelation that blowing up a couple points in the city could flood it. I was just like,
0: yeah. I could see that. I could see that. (laughs) (laughs) the
1: whole whole city is already a shithole. Does it also have to be underneath the surface of the ocean? Like, (laughs) level-wise? It's definitely, no matter what, I'm never moving to Gotham City.
0: (laughs) No, you'd be out of your mind.
1: Because not only do you have all of those bad guys, but you also have a seawall, which they could blow up at any minute. (laughs) But yeah, that was... You know, we already passed the point in the movie where I thought, Thought it should have been over, and then and then that happens, and that
0: was like, yeah, okay. So to me, I think uh, you're talking about when he goes. Oh, so the you know he goes in and he has his moment with the Riddler, and it's a really good moment after the Riddler's been caught. Yep. And you almost think that the Riddler has figured him out too. And there's a really cool moment yep. there where he's saying his name, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And but he doesn't actually know that Bruce Wayne is standing right in front of him. It's yeah. a great moment, and then he kind of reveals that this is how he wanted it to be the whole time, and that he wasn't stoppable. Batman goes back to his house, detectives around, and he finds the other letter, and then fucking kaboom! The whole city starts going, and the flood starts to happen. Well, that's where I thought the movie should ended right there. And if you would have ended it right there, it would have blown my mind and everybody's mind. But they put this sugar yeah. candy coated ending on there, where he has to go and save a bunch of people and do a bunch of stuff and everything's all happy and he's out in the daylight handing kids up to helicopters and stuff. And it's also very sweet. Yay. But can
1: you imagine the potential though, for the Batman too, if they would have, uh, he would have went to the asylum, had the whole confrontation where he thought that he was, his secret was out. You could see the gears turning in his head. Do I have to kill this guy and shut him up? Made it past that point. Goes to the guy's house, finds a secret plan. And then you hear a huge boom and everybody's like, what was that? And then the lights come on.
0: Yeah, Why wouldn't you do that? Ended on a cliffhanger. Like, I mean, it's obviously kind of a a natural cliffhanger on its own, right? Like we're obviously going to get another one. They set up other stuff and alluded to other things that he's been doing before. So this is kind of like a, you know, he's been Batman for a year or two or something like that. And he's already clobbered one pretty high-level bad guy who shows up in a very Hannibal Lecter-esque cameo at the end. We're already in spoilers, mm-hmm. so we could say who it was. It's the Joker. Yeah. Good old Joker, played yeah, by... Yeah, so why
1: didn't they build their, you know, Marvel used the snap to get us to all go back to the theater again. Why couldn't they have used, you know, I guess, the seawall if they have to?
0: Well, you know, I, I, I have a theory about what they're doing with <laughs> these movies. So, you know, if the first... To me, here's what I think. I'm gonna make a wild, a wild prediction right now. So you're gonna see three Batman movies. The first one we've already seen. Not three. you're gonna yeah, you're gonna get three. You're gonna get a trilogy. <laughs> so you're gonna get the one we just saw, which is David Fincher's seven version of Batman, okay? And then the next one that we're going to see is going to be David Fincher's The Game, where Bruce Wayne kind of comes into being the rich guy and he has to get tested. He so we're going to see him get tested as Bruce Wayne, just like Michael Douglas was in the game. And he's going to have to go through and balance that out uh, and reconcile. And then with jump being, off a building, right? Well, you know, yeah. you're still going to have all the Batman stuff, but they're going to they're going to really be influenced by David Fincher's The Game. They're going to put him in that Gordon Gecko suit. And they're going to give him the Michael Douglas-y kind of rich guy crisis thing, because they're they're already kind of building that up with, you know, reconciling his past with the things that his parents did and all that stuff. and And he's going to figure that kind of stuff out and learn how to be the rich guy, like, you know, kind of come out of it. It's going to be the Bruce Wayne story. And then the third movie is going to be the Fight Club story, where he's just hallucinating the whole time. And seeing, uh, you know, the Joker who may or may not be there. That's a trope that they've done in the video games. Uh, you know, you could see something like that where he's having this like break with reality, maybe a scarecrow induced break again or, or something like that. But they're going to do three David Fincher influence movies. They have to now. They set it up. Seven, the game, Fight Club. That's my that's my wild prediction for the Batman trilogy. You heard it here first.
1: Well, you could be right.
0: I still feel though that
1: they're missing some of the things that stories are supposed to have in them.
0: You know, the story
1: structure. I don't know. And that's why we all thought, Oh, why, why did this movie go astray? Because we subconsciously feel that they broke the story structure.
0: You you know what? I have a feeling that they realized that they did break when they made this movie. The ending feels tacked on. It feels like they came up with it separate from the main movie. And I think maybe that might have something to do with, they shot, they just shot a bunch of shit and that's, that's what they had, but they might've also got through their movie and they got to that natural ending part and they thought, holy shit, we haven't given these people much of an action scene. They're going to freak out if they watch a Batman movie with no big splashy action scene. So then they wrote all that shit in with the Riddler bad guys and the, I guess everyone because they're smart went into that arena. That's definitely under the sea level when the flood's coming.
1: Yeah. Cause that's where you always put your arenas.
0: Yeah, they, they wrote a they <laughs> wrote a harebrained action, like it was just a dumb action <laughs> sequence at the end, just to have and it felt like they just needed to have an action sequence. And then an ending that just keeps going, like he has this moment with Catwoman, he goes into jail and has the Hannibal Lecter time with the Joker. And it's just like we got this big bag of shit that we didn't know. I don't know, like, it I could have walked out of the theater half an hour before and just been happy but they just kept, they just kept going. And I'm still happy. Like I was still happy when I left, but you know, it just, it just felt tacked. It just felt tacked right on. I don't know. It it was a, it was a good movie overall. So
1: do you think Kurt Cobain would have liked it?
0: No, I don't know much. Here's the thing. I don't, I'm not the, I'm not the right guy to ask that to, because I was, I was (laughs) the, I was the right, I was the prime age for for the Kurt Cobain fan club and all my friends were doing it. Everybody I knew was into the thing, but you know what? I looked around and to me, the whole Nirvana thing, everyone was wearing the Doc Martin boots, the the grunge shirt tied around their waist, the Nirvana t-shirt, the long hair, and I had long hair too, but I looked at that whole thing and it seemed like a uniform to me. So it creeped me out and then it gave me culty vibes and it creeped me out. And then when he died, everyone was instantly sad like some cult leader had died and that creeped me out also so I have come into an appreciation for Nirvana and the work of Kurt Cobain later in my life but when I was a teenager the whole thing weirded me out and that's a moment of honesty here so that's I'm not trying to slight anything or his legacy or anything like that but it just didn't sit well with me when I was a teenager for I don't know why so I I don't know like any time <laughs> I see this Kurt Cobainy stuff. I'm just like, I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not the guy to be down into that. I guess it's cool.
1: I think he would have appreciated the, uh, the mood that Bruce Lane was in, but he wouldn't have liked the movie.
0: No, yeah, I, I think maybe, maybe that's fair to say. I don't know. I don't really, you know, I know more about uh, Courtney Love and Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters than I, than I do about Nirvana, which is kind of, kind of crazy. I'm, I'm not a very cultured guy when it comes to music, so.
1: Well, I've, I listened to endlessly to the CD with their songs on it, but other than that, I didn't do the uniform thing. I appreciated the music and the videos yeah. and the weird i take on the videos.
0: <laughs> I remember the one thing that, the, the one thing that did kind of get me was when I saw the video for Heart Shaped Box. Oh, that's a disturbing video. Well, I like that video, but that was like the one moment where I was like, I could be into this, but I like the the vibe <laughs> of the video. It I like being I liked how they weirded me out, right?
1: I think that potentially Heart Shaped Box is closer to the inmates of the Arkham Asylum than Batman.
0: Yeah. What does that say about me? We're right back to mental health here. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> for sure. If Bruce Wayne could get a hold of our favorite charity he could use their help and they could use his help because he's got lots of
0: money. So, well, Gotham city is a place that just needs all that stuff. If they had an organization like this, it would do heaps of good for them.
1: I mean, they would need to upgrade their armor,
0: maybe harden their facility. Yeah.
1: Maybe build it on the second floor for when the floods hit.
0: Well, you know, you're going to want to look at building stuff on stilts in Gotham. Which will make that yeah. which will make that street level stuff all the more creepy because you'll have all these cool columns and girders and rivets and stuff like that. You can just run around and, and uh, everything will look like Streets of Fire. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but that's that's what it looks. like. It'll make like. it pretty handy for. You know, you can have Aquaman come in and help you out there. Yeah, like he could just swim down there and get the guys. What What are your thoughts? Do you think that this movie has any potential to be connected into anything else? It doesn't feel like it does to me. No, I, I like know. that.
1: Unless, unless they build an emo version of every other character. so then I'd be curious to see how emo Flash would turn out. But we already
0: kind of have that. So Yeah, so, well, he, he's kind of a fun, happy-go-lucky Flash. I have kind of an issue with that Flash because the, the Barry Allen Flash that we see in the Justice League is personality-wise a lot more like the Wally West Flash that was in the comic books uh, when I was a teenager and he's he's mm-hmm. kind of a fan favorite flash he's also the flash in the in the justice league cartoon he's he's pretty fun but so speaking of the flash we have a flash movie coming out in 2023 and i don't know if you've seen any previews or anything like that
1: did i see a, a little bit of doctor fate in that preview
0: that doctor fate showed up in the black adam trailer there's a little uh, okay thing so there was an event that they have every year and i think it happened in january or february or something like that called dc fandom and they bring out all their dc shit for that's gonna happen there and there was a small trailer for the flash and this is kind of a we're in spoiler territory so we can keep talking about this stuff but if you like the michael keaton batman tim you're gonna be in for a treat in the flash because he's back hmm. and ben affleck is too right so i did hear something about that yeah so we're going to be getting the two Batmans in that movie. Multiverse stuff, Tim. Multiverse.
1: Well, the the actual Marvel multiverse movie is is shortly as well. So we're going to be all multiversed out by the end of the year.
0: Are we going to? Uh, okay, so Tim, we've uh, broken our we've we've just today broken our moratorium on superhero movies on the show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sure didn't take long, did it?
0: It didn't, you know, all it takes, uh, you know what? I when you see a good one and I've seen a couple good ones now. There's been we did we did we talk about Spider-Man at all? We didn't do a Spider-Man yes, show. Yes, we did. We, we did, did do a we Spider-Man did. show. Yeah. It's yep. okay, so we've broken it long ago. What a couple of bullshit artists we are. Can't even live up to our own crimes here. So
1: Well, that was more you than me.
0: It is me. But it's not, my fault.
1: Nothing else has come out though.
0: <laughs> no, there hasn't been out. anything. So when the multi, uh, I'm a big Sam Raimi fan and I can't not see a Sam Raimi movie. I think I've made, i made every one of his movies since army of darkness. I, I missed army of darkness in the theater, but, Oh, I did. I missed the Kevin Costner one too, for the love of the game, but I've seen the gift. Oh yeah. I've seen what's the one with Billy Bob Thornton, a simple plan. Mm-hmm. That one's a gooder. And then all the rest of it, everything all up until he did all the Spider-Man movies and all that. I haven't missed Sam Raimi in the theater for forever so I'm kind of looking forward to this one just to see his name again I don't the whole movie could be shit I just want to see a Sam Raimi movie again yeah we will have to get back together and and check that one out see how many versions of Batman are in that movie maybe none (laughs) maybe none yeah well we'll have to do this again shortly Tim what do you say we call it a night and uh we'll be back later same bat time same bat channel
1: Sure. Why don't we say pow and call it a
0: night? Pow sock. Wow, it's been a slice, Batman. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for doing this. I know it's late in your borrowed internet connection satellite thing. That's why you sound a bit funny today. So, but thanks for doing this, Tim.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been a slice.
0: It has been a slice. uh, Until next time.
1: (laughs) Holy slices,
0: Batman. It's a lot of water in here.
1: That's just because the city is below the level of the sea, Robin.
0: Yeah. That's like my IQ. It's, it's, it's below something. All right. Well, until okay. next time.
1: Well, how was my sound through there? Did it stay?
0: mm it was kind of like, uh, it was funny. Cool party. Filling the void. i like to fill her void.
1: I need signatures to overturn the ballot. I can supply those Oswald. Well. Uh, teach her my French flipper trick. What do you say we heat things up? My passion, thoughts for my bride
0: alone. (laughs) (laughs)